0: final hour of Wes and Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ did want to remind you though that the Charlotte Auto Show revs its engines for the 29th year the Charlotte Convention Center Thursday November 17th through Sunday November 20th you can join Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ on the 17th starting at 10 o'clock for Hero Day you get free entry with ID for those who have gone above and beyond to honor and serve including the medical community teachers first responders active military and even veterans you can text in the garage door guru text line at 704-570-9610 if you wanted to have a comment based off of what hunter bailey had to say about biff poji and i think it is interesting just discussing the recruiting part i think that's the biggest question from fans right now why has this city the division one program that plays football in this city an excellent campus fantastic facilities over there too why have they not been able to recruit at a high enough level And I thought Will Healy was going to be able to do that. But if you look at the talent that they've actually gotten, it's really been through the transfer portal. And Wes, when you go back to the early success that they had, Mm -hmm. the bowl eligible season, Will Healy deserves credit for leading them there. Alex Atkins deserves credit for leading what was an awesome offense, especially as the second half came about. Chris Reynolds was balling, running for close to 100 yards per game. Crazy. Unleashed the rushing part of his game. Still had some pretty talented guys. Those are Brad Lambert recruited players. And even you had Will Healy bring in different quarterbacks to try to beat Chris Reynolds. Getting those starting quarterback jobs never happened. James Foster, former four star, couldn't beat Chris Reynolds. Brett Keane USF transfer, couldn't beat Chris Reynolds. Evan Sheriffs, I believe that was still under Brad Lambert, if I'm not mistaken. He was a Miami guy, but couldn't beat Chris Reynolds. So now you're talking about all these wide receivers. Grant DeBose, I believe, was a transfer. Elijah Spencer was a recruit. Yeah. Victor Tucker was a recruit from Brad Lambert and the wide receiver, th- that group right there. Those were all guys that were drafted or that were recruited by Lambert to even, even illustrate this more. So Alex Highsmith, the guy that was just named AFC defensive player of the week, by the way, Brad Lambert recruit, Timmy Horn just played against Carolina. I didn't even know that dude was in the NFL. Yeah. Played right in our backyard with the Charlotte 49ers, man. We're going backwards, Wes. Yeah. That's what doesn't make sense. Will Healy was supposed to come aboard and then recruit a ton more. It didn't happen. Instead, he worked in the transfer portal and it didn't work out. Now, Hunter Bailey did say that he expects a lot of good things within the transfer portal with Biff Pogey, which is still a good thing. I don't want to get it twisted. I want to get as much talent as you possibly can but you got to recruit high schools well enough to go away from some of those other nice programs in the area, App State, Coastal. I thought that was a good point that he made, and recruiting has to go up for this 49er program.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And North Carolina has become a fertile recruiting ground, and I always felt like it was one of the uh, slept-on states, so to speak. And so with Charlotte, they're in the unfortunate position of – being in a state with so many Division One programs in their own state and surrounding. Because you look at, like, just for instance, I know Cincinnati went to the playoffs and people going to say, oh, they're way more established. But you look at, like, a mid-major program like a Cincinnati to where they have Ohio State and they have Ohio, like, in their state as far as schools that they really have mm-hmm. to deal with. But Charlotte has a lot of competition, so they have to find creative ways to put themselves out there. But I do know for a fact that kids that play in the state of North Carolina have a lot of pride and especially that play in Charlotte, they have a lot of pride for the city of Charlotte and they would love to play here, but you have to give them a reason to want to come and play here. And so that's been an interesting thing to me with Charlotte, as you said, facilities, campus, and a big advantage going to school in a major city. You don't get that unless you go to Miami or USC, UCLA, UCLA, one of those places, we're one of the few places in the country where you can – I sound like I'm a, uh, I should have had a polo on for the Charlotte 49ers right now trying to recruit some kids. But that's a great advantage as well. And then I asked the NIL aspects of it because that coming into the game definitely doesn't help a school like Charlotte because this is a alumni base that I'm sure – isn't as invested in football as some of your more rabid fan bases where they want to win, they want to be great. And they're going to spend those dollars to get these kids. We were just talking about during the break, looking at on three's recruiting rankings, they have assigned NIL values that I find fascinating to these recruits. And you saw Alabama's average NIL value for their recruits was 130 K. So it's like, yeah, that's the new adage to football is, It's almost pay to play if you want to be a real winner. And so for Charlotte, too, I wonder, do they have the alumni base that's willing to invest in football? that's going to pay for recruits to come there and turn this program around as well. That's the thing I think that will be interesting to see with Biff. He worked in hedge fund. Sure, he has hedge fund buddies. He's come like, "Hey guys, <laughs> yeah. want to invest in my program?" Hey, you see, we need some players. That's what I'm saying. How would you like to be an investor? Right, that's what I'm saying. I think that's going to be an aspect that's going to be interesting to see if he brings that. Not only that, he knows guys that operate in big business. that could maybe offer some endorsements and different things like that. Because in a city like Charlotte, I, I would like to see some of the 49ers on a car commercial or or advertising air or something like that. So they're going to have to get with the program as well if they want to be able to be a successful program.
0: Right now, what Charlotte has is Norm the Niner making his debut on CPI.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's what I'm saying. They need some of these kids. They need to be doing some of that. And these kids need to see that and especially with some of the better recruits around here and in the surrounding areas they have to see that okay if I come to Charlotte man I can get I can get some love I'm in a major city a major market well, what comes first, the chicken or the egg?
0: Charlotte football has to give investors a reason. They have to give fans a reason to want to spend money and/or just attend these games. Because part of the problem, and I've yeah. talked about this before, the environment's not fantastic all the time. No, you you have some you have some of those games where yeah, it can get a little rowdy. But I use little literally. Mm-hmm. It can get a little rowdy, yeah. and those are fun. And then you have some of the moments, just like any college stadium will have it at, at given points in time where you have exciting games. But Charlotte's not winning nearly enough, especially when you're kind of trying to dig yourself out of a hole because of the pandemic. It'll affect some programs other than more than others. And, and Charlotte was really affected when COVID-19 hit. Whether it be the other team they were supposed to play, they had a deal with like North Carolina. They were supposed to play the Tar Heels, and that game never happened because of COVID-19. Same thing, I believe, with Georgia State. They would be getting ready to board the bus, and then they'd get the call, hey, it's a no-go, we have an outbreak over with this school. So it does make it harder. I'm not saying that there weren't challenges along the way, but you do have to find a way to recruit. You have to find a way to give fans a reason to go maybe – hang out in the rain, whether it's crazy hot, you got to make people have a passion to come to right. watch Charlotte football. And right now it's just not there. Now the one similarity too, I think you might have with Biff and Will Healy is that they're going to be outside the box coaches. Yeah. Completely different, right? One guy's over 60. One guy was the youngest coach coming into the league and the energy level. I'm not sure what Biff Poggi has, but Will Healy was crazy. Taking your shirt off, putting on the norm, the net, uh, the Niner head, and then having club lit. I don't know if club lit is still going to be open for business, but he does seem like a player's type of college coach does Biff Pogey from what we've seen. I hope that that can translate here to getting some talent in the door. There should be enough app state. Awesome program. They're going to get some Charlotte talent. Coastal. Awesome program. They're going to get some Charlotte so much talent. Competition. But there's a lot here. Mm-hmm. That's the point. That we should be able to eat a little bit off of what we make. And right now, everybody else is coming in and stealing the food. Charlotte needs to eat, man. It's about that time. And I'm hoping Biff Pogey allows us to do so. Speaking of good recruits, some of these quarterbacks were... We know Drake May was coming out of Charlotte. There's a talented guy that decided yeah. to go to North Carolina, and to me he looks like the best quarterback in the country. Whether that translates into a Heisman trophy win or not, I don't know. But I know that he's playing like the best QB in the country. If that's the case, I imagine he's number one. But I don't know. I'm not the authority on this <laughs> subject.
1: That's not Come me. on man, let's not you know, let's not stand on formalities as Bone uh, as Bain said and in- uh dark knight rises adopted, we know who's number I 1 i nearly
0: adopted the acc you were molded by it. <laughs> you played in it yeah. this is something you were born in so with that it is time now for everybody's favorite segment along with fire or fizzle it's wes's acc qb power rankings we start from the bottom then we get to the top that's right number 5 who comes in at the very bottom of these ranks.
1: All right, number five, before I get started, go check this out on theACCDN.com. I'm pretty entertained, and I think you would enjoy it for a minute and a half of your time. You can check it out, the accdn on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Now, starting out at number five, we got a new guy, a rookie, and he's literally a rookie, Emmitt Moorhead from boston college remember this name okay he was a three-star recruit but he passed for 330 yards and three touchdowns i know nc state fans don't want to hear that but he's one of just two freshman quarterbacks with multiple 325 yard three touchdown games he's a true drop back passer he goes about six five six six cali kid he's got the hair and all that but man, he's got a gun. I mean, he's got a well, excuse me, with the times. He's got a great arm. Okay. <laughs> he had one throw against NC State, man. He gets hit rolling to his right and he threw a dart 20 yards on the sideline. Spectacular. So yeah, he's a kid to watch out for going forward.
0: The second time in two weeks that we've seen a QB make its uh his debut in the top five. This time it's Moorhead. Last week it was Bubba Cunningham coming in, the quarterback of Louisville. All right, who comes
1: in at number four? Number four. Sam Hartman, uh, he's holding it down. You know, there wasn't anybody below him that could pass him. But, you know, he threw the critical mistake against North Carolina, but he still had 320 passing yards, four passing touchdowns. He is the FBS's career active leader in passing touchdowns, and he's seventh in the FBS in points responsible for per game. So the numbers are still crazy. It's just he's had a lot of big mistakes as of late. So you have Sam Hartman fall
0: all the way down to four. This has he to be the lowest. He was four last week. Oh, he was four last week. Yeah, he was four yeah, last, he was week. last week. Yeah. Okay, so he stays right there, yes. but barely after what so we've he's seen He's hanging from on him, by a thread. Yeah, still statistically pretty good, but also <laughs> another timely turnover in that yes. game against North Carolina. Yes. Who's number three?
1: Number three, Jordan Travis uh, still holding it down there. He had three passing touchdowns versus Syracuse. The Nose have won three in a row, and he's completed at least 60% of his passes in 11 of his last last 14 games so the nose is starting to roll a little bit and he's playing good football he's a big reason why
0: number two who is that west
1: number two my man riley leonard mm-hmm. the hooper hey I, that, that footage is on the melt to the basketball footage i have to show it to you but he had 310 total yards three tdr versus virginia tech duke is seven and three and he is the only player in the ACC with 10-plus rushing and 10-plus passing touchdown.
0: I was looking at some stats the other day. I do want to talk about the case for Drake May to win the Heisman tomorrow because we got a lot to get to today. We just didn't have enough room for it. Yeah. But I was looking at the rushing leaders amongst quarterbacks in college football this season. Yep. My Leonard up there, man. I mean, you have um, the quarterback for LSU, Jaden Williams. What's his name? Jaden. Uh, uh, oh, uh, what is if it you it? ask I, I would have told you. Uh, Jaden court- Daniels. Uh, thank you. Jaden Daniels is leading the college football landscape and rushing yards, but Riley Leonard and then even Drake May, not too far behind him. So really impressive, and then this is where I think we all know who's going to come in at number one.
1: Yeah, man, I just try to look for the illest stats to come up with for him because he has so much you can go (laughs) off of every week. So he had 519 total yards, four TDR in the win versus my Demon Deacons. He accounted for 88% of Carolina's total yards in that football game. And then for the crazy stat on the season he has 134 completions over 10 yards I mean it's just every week is just something more and more insane that comes out where you just read it and your jaw drops
0: I don't want to break everything that I was going to say for the Drake May Heisman conversation but I was kind of looking at some research too about him despite all of us giving him a ton of praise the numbers he's on pace for are absolutely ridiculous and to, it's to the point where I don't even know if we're talking enough about what Drake May is doing as a Redshirt freshman. What he's doing in some areas is unprecedented at that age coming in to college football. It's that crazy to watch what he's doing and if he continues this up throws for I don't know 350 a game rushes for 50 yards, which is conservative considering what he's done the past month, month and a half. What he's on pace for is truly some elite company. That'll do it for Wes Bryant's ACC top five QBs we'll get to maybe some of the reaction there. I want to hear what Fiddy has to say as well, and then we can have some of your reaction from the listener, the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. We'll also come back with some more Carolina Panthers conversation. Is there something to be said about Baker Mayfield having experienced Baltimore before when he played in their division? We'll get to that on the Wesson Walker show, Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. it in the garage door guru text line 704-570-9610 good thing charlotte has famous radio personality alumni to move the nil needle i'm telling you right now
1: <laughs> not gonna be able to do it yeah walk well, how many recruits you think you can go out there and throw a little skrilla to yeah <laughs> probably not too much
0: Got a lot of skrilla my way man i that that's not gonna be able to happen i need it Right, I, right, right, right. I, I, look, look. I'm sorry, Charlotte. I want y'all to do well, yeah. very much so. I would <laughs> love to see Charlotte be a successful football program. It can't come on my dime, and honestly, you don't want it to. I can't help you. Yeah. Even if you came to me to ask for some help, I could not help you.
1: So come see you in a couple of years, and then you'll be able to. I'm going to be pa- some bags out.
0: I'm going to be Patrick Starr looking in my pocket, saying, "I have three dollars." <laughs> This is how I can help. Now use it wisely, Mr. Mike Hill, 704-570-9610. The Carolina Panthers are 12.5-point underdogs against Baltimore. But if you look at Baker Mayfield's history against Baltimore, it's not too bad. Has of an above 80 passer rating against Baltimore during the times that he's played them knows the system it's not like you have a different coach it's not like you have a different qb with baltimore i know he's not facing against lamar jackson he's facing that defense yet still you do have some insight as to what baltimore might do do you think there is something to be said that baker mayfield has some experience against the ravens to maybe help him get another start for the carolina panthers or do you think that's Completely thrown out the window. Dude wasn't playing like that and Cle- like that for Carolina, like he was in Cleveland. And so there's really no comparison that we can make this weekend.
1: I mean, even when you look at his career numbers against the Ravens, it's nothing that's going to bowl you over. I yeah, mean, it's not Fifty eight percent, two thousand two hundred twenty one yards. But the biggest thing, thirteen TDs, the nine interceptions. I mean, he have. He may have a little bit of familiarity with the Ravens, but it's not going to help him this week. It's a completely different team that he's walking in there with, and this is a different Baltimore team than a lot of the ones that he's faced. Probably with a little bit worse defense than he's accustomed to playing against, but no, I don't, I don't think it does much uh, as far as him having experience because we know Baker's not an elite quarterback, so it doesn't really matter at this point. He's just going to try to go in there to do the best that he can.
0: We did get a text from Moose in, and I'm not going to read it because I'm sure Fiddy is just going to save it for the text of the day. So yeah. stick around for text of the day, but Moose is clowning me, and we can, we can read that a little bit later on. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that'll be the text of the day for Fiddy. You know, yeah, it's going to be a problem. Maybe uh, you could take a recruit to Bossy Beulah's. I'd pay for all their meals. They could go double fries. They could go a couple chicken sandwiches. I guess that's the thing. I mean, really, if Fiddy cared about Charlotte's program, he's got the fat stacks, as he says. Yeah. So maybe some maybe some recruits could go hang out with Fiddy, and Fiddy could pay for their bossy bules. Yeah, as his
1: food comes in the room smelling delicious. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It what
0: smells is it? like McDonald's, is it? It's bossy bules. Oh, is it really?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, goodness My gracious. Oh man, he's eating good today. I said it smells like McDonald's. The fries is what <laughs> did it for me. I thought it was the fries that smelled like that. Mm, I, I hate that I'm even in the room with it. And I love the chicken sandwich, but you've ruined it for me. Like, I can't ever go there now because I'm all going to be reminded of you setting a trap up.
2: Well, you know, Flounder uh. did come in the studio to come get ready for the food run. And you could offered like, hey, guys, what you want? I'll buy. That, that didn't happen. I'm rolling. And so now I'm about to eat. The best chicken sandwich that Charlotte has to offer with some great fries and a Coke
0: But the thing is, Flounder is associated with you And while he seems way different I still don't know if I'm completely Comfortable with him paying for me Honestly, I hate it, and you are the one That offered, I've, I brought my wallet To Bossy Bula's, that was not a forgetting Wallet type of thing, that was you Offering to pay for my meal To get the show started on the right foot You knew that we were going to be working together But then of course you want to use that and throw it In my face and say that you paid for it and I never paid you back.
1: Yep, I got us off the rails right yeah. there, but it's okay.
0: Yeah, that was your fault. It's I was so trying good. to talk about the Carolina Panthers, but you decided that you didn't <laughs> nah, want to anymore. Um, let's go to a soundbite. Let's see if Steve Smith stopped eating real quickly, just one second, your bossy <laughs> buellist, and then get a set for a soundbite, <laughs> Fiddy. Steve Smith joined Kyle Bailey on the Kyle Bailey Show, and he discussed how stopping the run will be the hardest task for Carolina to complete against Baltimore.
1: Yeah, they can try. You know, it's going to be a daunting task where You struggle to, you know, really uh, capture the edge, uh, obviously, because of uh, Derrick Brown not being in a game against Cincinnati. But at the end of the day, the Baltimore Ravens are going to run the football. That's what they do well. Um, That's how their offense is built. And so the emphasis on stopping them um, is going to be extremely important.
0: Here's what's interesting to me about Carolina. You want to talk about analytics and measuring these individual players. I got some ESPN analytics for you, okay. and it's all about the defensive line. This is a defensive line where we've talked about how they've had some real struggle stopping the run, right? Like mm-hmm. it's a problem for Carolina. We've seen that rear its head quite a bit this season, whether it be in certain spots the first half or the second half that's taken place thus far. If you go to run stop win rate among all of the edge players in the NFL, Ytor Gross Matos is actually sixth on that list. Now the problem with him is not being able to generate a pass rush. We know that already. Yeah. I guess I didn't understand just how good he is right now at stopping the run anytime a ball carrier comes his way. That's an encouraging sign. You need to have some semblance of pass rush a part of that game, but it's still nice to see. When it comes to run stop win rate among defensive tackles, Derek Brown, not as surprising is also 6th in the league amongst all the big guys. If you go to pass rush win rate, Matthew Ioannidis is 7th among all defensive tackles in the league, and Derek Brown is actually 10th. And I think that's probably the biggest stat out of all of them we just talked about, because that's always been something we've wanted from him. Be an interior pass rusher, Interior pass rush is king. Quarterbacks hate that the most. They'd rather be flushed outside rather than, you know, stepping up into the pocket and boom, getting smacked. That's what's key. I just thought that was something worth noting when we discuss the Panthers defense, struggling in certain aspects. You do have a few guys show up in different categories when it comes to the ESPN analytics side of things. What are you seeing when you watch Carolina's defense? And are you seeing some of the success that ESPN analytics might be telling you are about some of these individuals we talked about?
1: Yeah, you see some of it, especially from Derek Brown. Of course, he's a guy that definitely controls the line of scrimmage, but he needs more help around him. And Gross Matos, as we talked about, we saw Marquise Haynes and what he can do off the edge, but we know why. Matos is the guy they want to go with there because he gives you a little bit better balance even if you lose a little bit on the pass rush. But they're going to need all those guys this week for them to be successful against the Ravens. Each of those guys are going to have to equal up to their grade uh, to be able to slow down this Ravens rushing attack. This is a game that you know, strap it up, chin strap tight as it can go. Because, you know, this is going to be a physical football game from start to finish. You know what they're going to do. They know what they're going to do. And so uh, they've got to be ready. So those are promising things. Uh, you know, when I see them against Atlanta, they did a good job against the defense there. And I see a, a, a defensive line that, you know, Derek Brown wreaks havoc. And that allows other guys to get one-on-one opportunities. And whether they make the most of that or not. They've been a little bit inconsistent. So the thing I see when I watch them is I see inconsistency, but guys that have potential to be able to make some plays.
0: So if you look at Baltimore, the first six games of the season, they finished three and three. One of the reasons Baltimore was losing, it's because of their ineffectiveness in the fourth quarter. Lamar Jackson was getting a lot of flack thrown his way because he was struggling in the fourth quarter, but the first three, they were able to build a lead. Even that game two against Miami was insane. 42 to 38, that game was wild down the stretch, if y'all remember, and Lamar struggled in the fourth quarter, even though he threw for 318 yards. did have three touchdowns, no interceptions, but it wasn't, I guess, the level that Miami was able to come back from, and the defense you could probably blame a little bit more in that contest. But all that to say, the last three games, Baltimore, they've been playing better. Had the victory against Cleveland, had the victory against Tampa Bay, also had their most recent victory against the New Orleans Saints. They have a little bit longer rest. It's not just a week later. You're gonna get basic, you're gonna get, you know, a week and a half's rest time after they played on Monday night against New Orleans on November seventh. And Lamar is kind of running the ball a little bit better. You know, at the first of the season, he had a couple of hundred yard games, had an 82 yard outing against the Saints. So that's up from his 43 and 59, the two games uh, prior. How much of a problem do you think Lamar is going to pose for this Carolina defense?
1: Oh, it's going to be a big problem because again, you have to account for everybody on the field. This Baltimore Ravens defense, I mean, not defense, this Baltimore Raven rushing attack. They lead the league in broken tackles. They have 29 broken tackles on the season. And uh, they are eighth in yards after contact. So, as I said, this is a physical game whether they have the ball or not. Uh, And Lamar, we know that especially if he gets hot, gets into a rhythm in that passing game. And then, oh, yeah, they have, you know, speed merchants like a Devin Duvernay that they like to do kind of gadget stuff with, Mm -hmm. gadget plays with, that you have to be on the lookout for that. So, they attack you in a lot of ways. And the most impressive thing about a team like Baltimore is they, as I said, you know what they're going to do. They know what they're going to do. And you can't stop it. And that's the biggest compliment you can put, pay to a running football team is that you know what's coming. You can't stop it. They're going to physically break you down over the course of four quarters.
0: Well, and, and the thing about Lamar Jackson, too, that's interesting is the fact that he was a little bit later in the first round. He was, in fact, the last pick of the first round for Baltimore. And that guy is already won an MVP award despite just playing now what I think this is his fifth year in the NFL. So you could wait a little bit later in the first. Of course, I want to make that comparison to Carolina because we're hungry for a a nice quarterback here. They haven't invested in a while. And really, ever since Cam Newton started to decline, you have not had a QB you felt good about. And it allows you to realize just how spoiled Carolina has been on the quarterback front. Has some good quarterbacks. At least they haven't gone through all of the craziness that ate Cleveland Browns. That they went through. You can go down the list of all the teams that have not been able to find a nice passer in the NFL. Jake Delhomme, good enough to get him to a Super Bowl alongside an awesome defense. Right, mm-hmm. Jake Delhomme did some good things here. Cam Newton, number one overall pick, one of the more successful number one overall picks in quarterback history. Yeah, you know, especially compared to Baker Mayfield on the team right now. So when you move on from Cam and then you go through Kyle Allen, you go through Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. Now we're going through P.J. Walker, who we like, but it's because of the QB room surrounding him. Yes. You want to invest at QB. That's why I kind of look at a Hendon Hooker who might be there. I I don't care where you draft him, Wes. I just want a QB. I don't care if you're in the top five and you're picking between Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, you're thinking about trading up for him, fine. Draft a QB. I don't care if you're waiting a little bit later and you're thinking about Will Levis, even though I know that's not your guy. I don't care. If that's who you like, invest in QB. If you want to wait even a little bit later and Hendon Hooker is someone, and the only reason people are talking themselves out of Hendon Hooker is that he's 24 years old, I just don't care. I don't. Wherever in the first round, draft a QB because – you can find most likely good QBs anywhere in the top 32 picks. It doesn't have to be top 5. Like I I'd like to have certainly the highest pick possible and yeah. some and because it allows you to have your pick of the litter. But when you look at the successful starting QBs in the NFL, it's like 50% of them were drafted in the first half or in the first round and then Maybe 50% of them were drafted scattered all across the board the rest of the way. So most likely you're going to find, you know, if you're comparing it to a second, third or fourth, then you're looking at a first round QB that could possibly hit. And I don't care where they draft him. Wes, is there an argument this year to draft a Q uh, to draft a non QB, whether it be a defensive end, a a good offensive lineman or defensive lineman? I, I just don't see the argument.
1: No, not at all. You cannot go this draft without drafting a quarterback, unless your plan is to tank for Drake May. Okay, that's the only other thing, <laughs> rationale that I could right. see. But no, you have to go and get a quarterback this time. How many guys do you want to look at, be successful? You may say, oh, well, it hasn't been a ton, but just watching Justin Herbert alone, it maybe you could have made a play for. We talked about Justin Fields, what he's starting to do. And also to inject some inc- excitement into this fan base. Uh, even if you're losing, if you got a young guy a quarterback that's showing promise or a young guy that gets out there and and plays well, that injects fan it, that injects incitement, even if they're not winning to the point of getting to the playoffs. So that's what you want as well, because if fans have to come back to the stadium again to see a team that's not winning, there's no excitement on the offense and you just have to offer them that, you know, which it's not the worst thing in the world to get a great player in the trenches. But if that's all you offering them coming out of this season, I think you are doing your fan base a disservice.
0: Well, and and what's, what I'm interested too with the NFL draft is just how much drafting tools at the quarterback position has helped teams where you're not even looking so much at the production from some of these guys. And there have been QBs that have had better years, but don't look like nearly the type of prospect that a josh allen might be for example i mean i was crazy wrong and i think a lot of people were but very wrong on josh allen didn't want him you know 50 percent completion percentage it's not like he was throwing i mean just the stats weren't good at wyoming when buffalo decided to take a chance on him but he's good justin herbert didn't want him i thought justin herbert was not going to be good in the nfl guy's crazy Okay, I mean, what what he can do on a football field, I, I covet that quite a bit. And they wanted him apparently. I'm yeah, a big Ernie. fan of Justin. Yeah, or not a, me, not I me. Like and, but but the tools are there, right? Yeah. The physical profile is absolutely there. And then even a Justin Fields, I did want Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. I wanted Carolina to take a shot at him. And now you're starting to see the tools translate at least within the last month. I wonder if you know because Bryce Young doesn't have that because he is the smaller quarterback because you know Hendon Hooker. I mean, I guess the age is really the problem with Hendon, but you don't have one of these Terminator QBs, one of these QBs that were created in a lab almost, and and maybe the production isn't as good, but the bodies were. I I wonder how much that is a part of the process. I don't care whether, like, I'm, I'm still drafting one. I just wonder how much that is a part of the process from these NFL evaluators saying, wait, we've seen, you know, toolsy quarterbacks come in and actually start to play well. Is that something you're looking at more so than even just the production from some of these other guys?
1: No, I I watch how they play, how accurate are you, you know, can you battle through adversity, intangibles, you know, galore. But no, man, because these kids now, they're so well trained when they come, even even at the youth level. You look at kids like Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, these kids have been playing quarterback since they were six, seven years old. They've been at these camps. They've been studying pro offenses, pro route concepts, all these things for so long that when they come to the NFL, a lot of times, you know, they they don't need to sit necessarily for years to figure things out. They can pick up things fairly quickly. And no size, you know, big, strong, fast is going to always be tantalizing. But when you're talking about these guys, CJ Stroud, you know, he's not a huge guy but I like cerebral quarterbacks that's going to pick up the playbook quickly that are accurate guys, and that's what I think about Bryce Young. Yeah, the size might not be there, and he'll put on some more weight as he gets older, but just as far as just his intangibles, his pocket presence is tremendous, but his accuracy, he's got great arm strength. I mean, he's to me, he's got all the tools that you want for a guy to run your offense.
0: Yeah, and C.J. Stroud seems to be – the QB among the top two guys that you would draft. If you want, you know, the six, three frame weighs 220 has a strong arm. Also bendy, right. Can throw it at a couple different angles. Yeah. 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 It's impressive. And the progression is the part of the game for him. I think people are waiting on to see if that continues to develop. Let's go to the Fitty flash before we go to this day in sports history. What is the last one? Be
1: able to talk.
2: Yeah, man, I'm ready to go back here. Got some news coming out from the Hornets and the Panthers Hornets center Mark Williams suffered a left ankle sprain in last night's game for the Swarm. The Swarm and will be unavailable for the Hornets tonight. Also, Miles Hartfield for the Panthers was held out of held, held out of practice today. Let's transition back to the quarterback conversation though. Here, really quickly, you were talking about a scenario where you don't draft a quarterback. The latest mock, according to Pro Football Focus, has the Panthers taking Will Levis with the number yeah. three pick, and there's a lot of concerns around levis transitioning to the nfl if carolina wins up where they miss out on bryce young and cj stroud do you pass up on a quarterback this year and and tank for drake may next year
0: no because the thing about tanking in the nfl is oftentimes when you see teams do it they're doing it for one specific player and you need to go all in carolina's already set the table to where they can't really go all in on being the worst team for drake may And what I mean by that is not trading Brian Burns. You know, they they did not have a fire sale after we thought there was potential to do so. They decided not to trade Brian Burns for two first-round picks and a second-round pick. That says not only what they feel about Brian Burns, but that says what they feel their philosophy can be in trying to have this become a quick turnaround. So as much as I love Drake May, I want him to be a Carolina Panther Carolina's not going to do that because they're not going to tank just for that guy. They can't bottom out completely like some of these other teams could be. And if they decide to tank and they get the second overall pick, devastating. It would be absolutely devastating for them next year.
1: Yeah, I'm passing up on Will Levis, though. I'm sorry. I know you say you want them to take somebody, but I'm passing up Will Levis. I'll take an O-tackle or a D-tackle or whoever, oh Will Levis.
0: Yeah, you got to do it sometime, though. And I know Will Levis, but hey, if I didn't like Herbert, if I didn't like Josh Allen and those guys, we just don't know. They're all dart throws at yeah, some point in the NFL true. draft, and that's the thing that makes it kind of trippy when you're selecting a QB to be your franchise guy. One more segment to go on Wes and Walker before the Kyle Bailey Show comes up next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. is continuing to pile on the amount of shows I need to watch Fitty's giving me some shows I need to watch Wes is doing that but Fitty's also just watching a lot of sports Fitty's not necessarily watching some of these reality shows that we talked about there are no guilty pleasure shows that we talked about maybe a couple of weeks ago you're telling me to watch Last Chance you? yeah though,
1: I can't believe I was floored it. Neither one of you have watched. Like, I just thought when I said that the new season of basketball is, I think it's coming out on Friday. They didn't put a date, but if they're promoing it, it's probably coming Friday. And both of y'all was like, I've never seen that. I'm like, (laughs) what? (laughs) I've never been interested enough. I know some
0: people watch it. I just. The problem is, there are so many different shows people tell you you need to watch, man. And so, and and the thing about it's different for movies because Uh movies is just invest an hour and a half, two hours, maybe, and you're good. For shows, you got to invest a lot of time. You got to be invested to maybe even binge that thing. And then you have to, you know, make sure that you pay attention to it. If you can't get to it this day, then I got to remember to watch it the next day. And I just don't feel like I have that type of time.
1: Y'all get hooked on last chance. You trust me. I I, mean, don't, I just thought with us being sports guys, that'd be right up. your alley.
0: Well, I think for me, as much as I like sports, I feel like sports movies aren't very good for the most part. I mean, they're fine, but sports movies aren't very good. But the shows I do remember when we talk about like reality shows, Do you guys remember what was it? Hoover High was it two a days, right? Do you remember the reality show Two a Days? Are you still mad at me for saying I don't think sports movies are? Very
1: yeah, good? man, I'm 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 sitting, I know Fitty must be Floyd back yeah. there as well saying sports. movies. No, this is very
0: much a wow. two against one scenario, like it usually is.
2: This this might be your worst take. Yeah, ever.
1: man, this is this is bad.
2: So, so you're telling me? Let me go through just the five greatest sports movies off the top of my head. Okay. Um, Hoosiers. Remember the Titans. Um, any Rocky, mainly Rocky Four. <laughs> uh, Rudy. Glory Road, Varsity Blues, The, the program, Replacements, The Varsity Yard. Sunday. Varsity
0: Blues is so trash. You're, you're telling me... Yo, come on, man. Varsity Blues are good? But you bugging. Varsity Blues, trash. And I know but that, that's like the most hot movie take because people love it. People love it's Varsity Blues. It's not great acting.
1: I'm not saying it's an Oscar award-winning movie, but mm-hmm. just for what it was, especially during my time period coming up, that was high school for me. Sure. Varsity Blues was... Fire football movie. I, I grew. I grew up watching. Remember, that the might tit- need to be fire fizzle. Remember the
0: Titans. I remember watching that. Every single year in elementary school twice a year.
2: Because and you're complaining? It's a great movie. It's a
1: great movie. I'm I'm
2: I can quote every single
1: word of it. It's a good movie. Walker's probably a guy that he goes and watches French films at some snobby Hell theater no. drinking a glass of wine. And no, I don't do that. Watch the <laughs> French films and you have to read the subtitles.
0: No, sports movies are fine. I, I do like Remember the Titans. <laughs> Hoosiers, I mean, that the Hoosiers is good. Blue chips? Up, I grew up watching. No Blue Blue Chips is worse than
2: varsity blues. I've never seen blue chips <laughs> but I mean the fact that you're hating on like all-time great sports movies well,
1: uh, you tells me when you but when you say that, that bad what is it that makes them bad are you looking for like elite acting and great storylines and oscar and Sand- nominees sandlot
0: is elite love sandlot Sandlot is a fantastic, but you even say like Field of Dreams isn't good. You yeah, think no, Field okay, yes, Field of
2: Dreams is a it's a terrible movie. So, but there's a lot that are kind of like that happy feely.
0: Not really, like, though.
2: Yes, there are. That, okay, name me some. I just named you
0: ten
1: great movies
2: that are
0: movies. happy feely movies that aren't even all that. Tell great. me the movies. what's ones that you think are trash? Just give me like
2: five.
0: <laughs> Let me look them up because there's so many. Oh, that's how choice. you know.
2: That's how you know your take is bad because if you knew if you knew off the top of your head bad. Movies, you wouldn't have to. Oh, let me go to the internet, look yeah. up which movies are yeah, bad. Why don't you? Yeah, I mean, I just g- gave you two off the top of my head.
0: I do like Moneyball. Moneyball is pretty good. Moneyball was great. King Richard was excellent. So I will say King Richard's was good. I don't know if you can count that. No, as that was great. Yeah, King Richard's is an excellent movie. Um, I'm just talking about some of the like Field of Dreams, is what I was thinking of. I don't think Rudy's a very good movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> plus he was offsides, and I stand by that. Rudy,
1: damn, that made me cry.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, uh, yeah, not me, man. Like, good for him, though. I've never seen Brian's song, by the way. I, don't I know mean, I
2: haven't seen... either. You would not but... slandered
1: at Brian song Wake Forest. You know. are not. Have you ever I seen know, the
2: Cinderella Man about the boxer Jim Braddock back in the day who was having to eat fried bologna sandwiches while winning boxing heavyweight titles?
0: I saw a Million Dollar Baby. I did like that movie. That was a good
1: but one. But then he starts naming movies that they're all, like, good. He's like, oh, I did see this. It was good. Blind, I did see that. Blindside. Come on now. Blindside's not good. But that was supposed to be feel what? good, whatever, whatever. But that Blind... was a good movie. No, it wasn't. Blindside. Okay, was a bad all movie.
2: right. So to screw the walk off, screw what's why is that not a good movie? Because you have no heart, you, you <laughs> Michael Orr tells
1: you that's a bad movie oh, and makes it himself. Oh, but uh, the storyline alone, yeah, forget the, who it's about.
2: You're just a non compassionate bastard. That's what you are. <laughs> hey,
0: Michael Orr told you that. And he was saying that it wasn't even true, and they tried to portray Michael Orr like this okay. absolute
2: idiot. Like, it wasn't a very good movie, and everybody Did, you, did you ever read the play. book? Did you ever read the book? No, I didn't read the book. Okay. What, what do you want me to do? He what was an absolute guy? idiot. No guys would come out and say, Yeah, I was a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Only a dumbass would say, Hey, I was an idiot before what, this family Show me the light. But you, yes, yes. <laughs> congratulations to what is it, the
0: twoies? They did all of this where Michael Orr was. Like, the thing about the movie is that it portrays him in a way that Michael Orr said was false with some of these other tests that he had to take and whatever.
1: Yeah, blindsided. What about is not some of the recent ones? Did you watch Hustle on Netflix with Adam Sandler? Uh, yeah, Hustle's a good popcorn movie, man. I like that one. Okay, what what that about even What about Hidden Gems?
0: Never seen it. You never, should watch that. Never seen it. Uh, we're getting some tag. Happy, now, Happy Gilmore, I love. I love that. Draft Day is awful. White Get Men Can't FFA. Jump. Draft Day is a Yeah, atrocious. Draft Day was trash,
1: but I do like to watch it just because. Uh, white Men Can't Jump?
0: Uh, somebody else agrees with me. With, no, you what of our people no, should love white yeah, men can't jump. Yeah, yeah abs- because you're white and you can't jump. <laughs> I absolutely love white let, Let's go test our verticals, you and me, right now. Okay, so you let's can go. jump a little bit higher. I, you
2: see the I can't even here?
0: slide a piece of paper between you and the ground when you jump. Space Jam? I mean, yeah, it's a classic. Love Space Jam.
1: Fant- the, well, Space the Jam MJ set. version, the LeBron version. I enjoyed the LeBron version as a father. That did hit me a little different. I know we slander LeBron, but this last Space Jam, I did like for the father son aspect.
0: Um, longest yard is not very good. Which one? Which you said was overrated? The one with Adam
1: Sandler? Yeah, I think that was. I I like. We agreed.
0: You said that was overrated. That longest yard is. You had that take before, unless you just want to lie. That's what you do.
1: Friday Night Lights. You better. <laughs> you better not answer this one. <laughs> You I, don't like it? I, no, I do, dude.
2: Because that speech,
1: movie miles, it, dude. Baby. That
2: speech at the halftime of the of the state championship. Game. Now, what no, I, I did I like not like, like about likes.
1: it is I did watch the thirty for thirty on Dallas Carter, and they did say how they sensationalized them and made them look like thugs in that movie. That did you take said away? Hidden.
0: Did you say, did you mean uncut gems? And you said hidden gems? Did I? <laughs> <laughs> uncut gems is good. I the movie's kind of crazy, but Adam Sandler Man, I think movie. does a great job. Um, I do like uncut. Any gems. given Sunday. Y- yeah. And he gave it Sunday is pretty good. Okay. I don't think it's amazing, but yeah. So I just think, I mean, I think we got to a place. Forty two. No, 42 wasn't good. Wh- 42 wasn't on, good. Man. I mean, they didn't portray it right. There was so much more about Jackie Robinson than everything they played. I will go baseball historian on you. Like so okay, much more than they portrayed.
2: Were, were you there in 1940 and <laughs> played for the Kansas City Monarchs? No, but Harrison Ford was. I mean, give me a
0: break. Like, what do you want to say? Because somebody wasn't there that they're going to know? No, but no. Everybody else was there. That's so that, that,
2: that might be Chadwick Bozeman's
0: best acting job. Oh, get out of here. He played everybody. Chadwick Boseman, that was not his best acting okay, job. Okay, then what is? Although Chadwick Boseman was. Because wasn't you haven't seen Black Panther. That wasn't no, I have seen Black Panther. What are you talking about? What about Disney's safety? <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> about like a the movie. Clemson guy. That's like that's about like, the
1: Clemson dude that raises the brother. It was solid. I didn't see
0: that. No, it's the story about 42. Chadwick Boseman did a pretty good job. I'm not gonna lie. No, he did a really good job, I'll say that. But I don't think it's his best acting job. But the 42 the movie the storyline the you way say that they said how much left you love t- Creed I did like Creed a lot I did think We are Marshall
1: We are Marshall's good I'm saying you said supposedly movies not not that good, but then we keep rattling off these movies. You're like, oh, that was, but good. I that was still, good, that, but was, I, good. But that but the, was
0: good, But the thing is, so many people love all of them, and then I named quite a bit of sports movies too that I didn't like that were bad, and then you were beside y'all selves because of that. Yeah. I said some of those movies. Jerry Maguire. But you, you guys just think every sports movie is good?
1: No, not every.
2: Jerry Maguire. No, McGuire. no. There were clearly, clearly handful. And we that said was we're, we're awful. Clearly, okay, name them. If that's a good name, a handful. Field of Dreams. How many times do I got to repeat it? Yes, Field of Dreams. Field, Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Dreams, field of
1: Dreams, Field of Dreams. There's your <laughs> handful. You named them. The program. Either one of you familiar with the program? Never a seen. Classic that. 90s like the college program. football. I've never oh, seen it classic.
0: Then. James Con. All right, God that'll do it all. for bad takes from West and Fitty. It's the end of the West and Walker show. We got to <laughs> hand it off to Kyle Bailey. Love and basketball. We do love. Yes, that's a that's that's an awesome movie. I actually do love <laughs> love, love and Basketball. It's Kyle Bailey. Smoke Ludwick coming up next. Sports Radio <laughs> 92.7 WFNZ.